You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Welcome to this week's edition of the GDPR Weekly Show. And as normal, I'd like to start off with a shout out to our new listeners. And this week we have new listeners in London, Portsmouth, Nottingham, Derby, Southampton, Birmingham, Manchester, Guildford, Peterborough, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, Eastleigh, Ipswich, Cardiff, Coventry and Bristol. And then moving over to the continent, we have new listeners in Lisbon, in Portugal, in Barcelona, in Malaga and in Valencia, or in Spain, in Milan, in Italy, in Frankfurt, in Germany, Brandenburg, in Germany, Warsaw, in Poland, Vilnius, in Lithuania, Hamatez, in Israel, Johannesburg in South Africa, Kanagawa in Japan, Sydney in Australia, Quintana Roo in Mexico, and in the US, in Indiana, in Tennessee, and in Hawaii. So once again, new listeners from all around the world, and of course our existing regular listeners from all around the world, and I really appreciate the fact we now have almost 700 regular listeners every week listening to me talk about GDPR and I really appreciate you taking half an hour out of your week to catch up on the latest news in the world of GDPR and as always if you have any comments about the program or any suggestions for a future program then please do send them in to me at podcasts at insurety.co.uk that's e-n-s-u-r-e-t-y dot co.uk podcasts at insurety.co.uk with any comments or uh, questions about the show. I really do appreciate all your feedback. Uh, I don't have time to always reply to every piece of feedback, but please be sure I do read every single email that comes into podcasts at insurety.co.uk. And so in a moment, I'll be telling you what's coming up in this week's edition of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. So coming up in this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show, we have an update on the Cambridge Analytica slash Facebook data breach. We have some information from the Information Commissioner's Office on recommended document retention periods. Uh, we have some information on a new on an award uh, which is being offered by the ICO, the ICO Practitioner Award. Uh, we have a note of the top data breaches in 2018. We have a article about a ruling which is expected this week from the European Court of Justice. We have a note on uh, what can be gained from a new ITV drama, Cleaning Up, starring Sheridan Smith. We have an important security update about um, finding unexpected USB keys, either in your car park or in your reception area. And then finally for this week, some thoughts on the right to be forgotten and whether that can be applied by just encrypting data rather than deleting data. So, once again, a packed episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Check us out on Facebook. So 
So we start this week with an update on the uh, Facebook Cambridge Analytica data breach, uh, which I know most of you will know we've been covering for a number of weeks now on the GDPR Weekly Show, and we've just had the latest update from the ICO this week, which is to say that SCL Elections Limited, who trade as Cambridge Analytica, has been fined £15,000 for failing to comply with a previous enforcement notice issued by the ICO, issued by the Information Commissioner. Uh, SCR Elections Limited appeared at Hendon's Magistrates Court in London and pleaded guilty through its lawyer to breaching Section 47, Paragraph 1 of the Data Protection Act. The criminal prosecution related to the company's failure to respond to an enforcement notice which had been issued to the, by the ICO in May 2018, which ordered the company to respond in full to a subject access request submitted by Professor David Carroll, a US-based academic, which the uh, company uh, Cambridge Analytica have failed so far to do. So they got fined £15,000 and as well as the fine, the court ordered the company to pay £6,000 in costs towards the ICO and also a victim surcharge of £170. Speaking after the court case, Elizabeth Denham, the Information Commissioner, said this prosecution, the first against Cambridge Analytica, is a warning that there are consequences for ignoring the law. Wherever you live in the world, if your data is being processed by a UK company, UK data protection laws apply. Organisations that handle personal data must respect people's legal privacy rights. Whether it does not happen and companies ignore ICO enforcement notices, we will take action. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see what follows on from this with Cambridge Analytica, but certainly it's... uh, Obviously going to be one of those cases which as we go through 2019 is not going to go away. And whenever we know of an update we will keep you updated via reports on the GDPR Weekly Show. One item that many of us have been waiting for is been some clear guidance from the ICO regarding data retention periods. And this week some uh, guidance finally emerged from the ICO. And... What they've said is they've broken down documents into various common types and then given a suggested data retention period. Obviously, it's for each company, each organisation to determine your own data retention periods and to make sure that you document the meeting where you make the decision on those data retention periods. But these are now the guidelines issued by the ICO. Um, For wages and salary records that they are kept for seven years, so six years plus the current tax year. For statutory maternity records, that they are kept for three years from the end of the tax year when the maternity ended. So in other words, three years from when the uh, baby was born, or if it was unfortunately a miscarriage when the baby was miscarried. Um... Redundancy calculations, six years from the date of redundancy. Trade union documents should be kept permanently, so 
the maximum 100 year retention. Candidate information. So when you have candidates apply for a job, the recommendation from the ICO is perhaps a bit shorter than most of us had envisaged. But I think we, we've certainly been advising companies in our training to keep companies for cheaper records from applicants from up to six months, providing you tell them that that's the case. But the guidance from the ICO is that that should be um, three months and that the CV should be securely stored and not shared throughout the organisation. For employee records, they're recommending six years from the date the employment ended and three years for disciplinary records, assuming that the employee is still in your employee. Um, accident records, three years from the date of last entry into the accident book. Board minutes, interestingly, um, 10 years from the date of the meeting. So they're recommending that board minutes are retained for 10 years. Um, incorporation documents, i.e. Uh, articles of incorporation, certificates of incorporation, resolutions, they're recommending should be kept permanently, so 100 years. Public product insurance records, the employer's liability insurance records, permanent, so 100 years. Group health policies, permanent, so 100 years. Client contracts, six years from the date the contract ends. Although they have added a note that if the contract is executed as a deed, then they should be kept from 12 years from the date the contract ends. Supplier contracts, six years from the date the contract ends. And again, if executed as a deed, 12 years. And accounting records and bank statements. Um, for the accounting records themselves, they're saying six years from the end of the last financial year. Um, we would actually recommend seven. Um, but obviously these are minimum set by the ICO, so there's nothing to stop you keeping anything longer than these times. But for bank statements, they're saying 20 years. Um, so some interesting guidance there and I recognise that's quite hard possibly to take down from an audio transcription like this so uh, we will get that produced as a document and make that available for members to uh, those of you who are clients who are members of our members club. Um, if you're a client and not a member of our members club and or you're not a client of ours but would like to join our members club and benefit from our regular production of um, documents such as these, then um, please let us know. Please just drop us an email to uh, podcasts at insurity.co.uk and one of our team will get in touch with you. That's podcasts at insurity, E-N-S-U-R-E-T-Y.co.uk if you'd like a copy of that um, checklist for data retention periods as a document which make it easier to follow. Check us out on Facebook. Just a reminder that as well as the podcast, we now have our own Facebook group. Please do pop along and see us there at https colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash groups slash GDPR weekly show. That's always one word, GDPR weekly show. And uh, 
do please come and join the group and follow the discussions that are going on. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. The Information Commissioner is calling for uh, nominations for the ICO Practitioner Award for Excellence in Data Protection. Uh, the Information Commissioner is calling for nominations for the second year running for uh, nominations of ICO practitioners uh, and looking for nominations to recognise those practitioners who go above and beyond when it comes to implementing data protection in practice. The inaugural award last year in 2018 was won by Esther Watt, the Data Protection Officer at North Test Devon Council in Lincolnshire. Um, the award is judged by an in-house in-house panel at the Information Commissioner's Office. Contenders will be likely to be those who have shown inspiring data protection practice and leadership, particularly in the areas of accountability and privacy by design, and contributed to upholding key rights in the GDPR. They may also be those who made good use available of the resources from the ICO to help organisations live up to their obligations and inspire public trust and confidence in how the organisation handles personal information. The shortlisted nominees and those nominated will be invited to a conference later in the year to be held by the ICO. And the closing date for nominations is the 28th of February 2019. And if you would like to nominate uh, a practitioner for the award, then you can find further information on the Information and Commissioner's website at www.ico.org. www.ico.org.uk for any nominations, nominations to be received by the 28th of February 2019. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. The Cambridge Analytica update prompted us to look back at 2018 and particular data breaches and we did a bit uh, totaling up and discovered that over a billion people were affected by known data breaches in 2018. And of course, there may be all manner of data breaches that have not been reported, and so no one knows. Um, but those that we do know, it affects more than a million, more than a billion, sorry, people uh, by the loss of personal data through 13 data breaches at 11 different companies. The biggest breach of the year, of course, was the half a billion customers of the Marriott Hotel Group, um, including the uh, Four Points and Western Hotel, Le Meridian, Aloft, Sheraton, Westin and St Regis brands. And uh, the Marriott case, of course, is ongoing, and we will keep you updated on that in due course. The second largest data breach of the year was at Twitter, affecting some 330 million users when a software bug exposed passwords in plain text. Um, Twitter's uh, said it's now fixed that bug, but we're waiting to see again to see whether they will face any penalty from the ICO for that very substantial data breach. And then third is uh, MyFitnessPal, a food and nutrition app owned by Under Armour, which leaked the data of 150 million users. And 
my fitness pal tried to make themselves look better than the others by saying that uh, once the company notices a breach, it notifies its users in almost record time and of just four days. Um, well, fair enough. But, you know, since uh, GDPR says you have to notify the ICO within 72 hours and uh, the ICO can then instruct you to notify your customers, maybe uh, being able to do it in four days is something which everyone should aim to be able to do and not be something to actually throw about as actually feeling that that gives you um, some somehow your data breach was less serious than others i mean if i was one of the uh, 150 million users affected by the my fitness pal data breach um, i think the fact that they did manage to comply within the time scale is probably small comfort you're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Well, all eyes will be on Westminster this week and, uh, of course, the outcome of the vote on Theresa May's Brexit agreement on uh, Tuesday. For those of us involved in the world of GDPR, there's another judgment which we're also waiting to hear this week, which will come from the European in court justice and we're hoping it'll be this week um the european court justice is expected to rule that the right to be forgotten conferred by gdpr applies only to data held within the eu and not data held globally um now of course the right to be forgotten as we've covered in previous episodes of the gdpr weekly show is not absolute there are reasons why you cannot delete data or don't have to delete data but assuming you do have to delete data at the moment the understanding has been that you have to do that wherever you hold the data in the world and this particular case which has been occupying the minds of Google um, but Google have appealed to the uh, um, the European Court of Justice saying that they think this is unreasonable and initial indications are that it looks likely that the Court of Justice is going to agree with Google in this instance and rule that only data held on servers within the EU has to be deleted and not data held on those individuals worldwide. Um, But we wait and see. And uh, again, one of those items that no doubt we will come back to in a few weeks' time in another episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. You may have seen uh, GDPR get quite major coverage in the Daily Mail um, this week here in the UK uh, because of Sheridan Smith's uh, excellent new series, Cleaning Up, it's a drama which is running on ITV on uh, Wednesdays at 9pm and it's about um, insider dealing and how cleaners at a financial brokers manage to take advantage of information that they learn from uh, computers being left on and from paperwork being left out on desks. Um, 
it's quite interesting they, they picked up on the GDPR angle and maybe there's a sublime message in this drama um, if it makes people more aware of why uh, practitioners like ourselves have been saying for well over a year now that it's important that you ensure that your computers have passwords and that you operate a clean desk policy at night um, then even if you're not a fan of Sheldon Smith do watch at least one episode of this cleaning up program let's say Wednesdays 9pm ITV and uh, see why it really is a good idea that you make sure that you do use passwords and you do clear your desk in the evening you're listening to the GDPR weekly show with your host Keith Budden Just a heads up on a, um, a new method of getting malware into an organisation uh, and then subsequently being using that malware to extract information which in itself is a data breach but then maybe using the fact of that data breach to try and extort money from your organisation. Um, we've become aware of a recent trend which we felt we should make you aware of. Um, basically, be very, very cautious and it's worth educating your employees in this as well, of course, to be very cautious. If you suddenly find a USB key, uh, either in your car park, in your reception area, maybe on the reception desk, which... It appears someone's dropped and it's probably likely to look quite anonymous and quite unassuming and your employee or whoever finds it curious about what it contains they insert the USB key into one of your laptops one of your desktops one of your machines and in doing that the USB key runs some malware and install some software onto that PC which will then act to log um, key presses and so on on that machine and also give access to potentially give a window of access to other data on your machine and yet on the USB key itself to a casual observer will appear to just be innocent data like maybe a few Word documents, a few Excel documents, a few photographs, whatever. Um, but it does appear to be a trend that is happening at the moment so just be aware of it. Have a clear procedure in your office that says if someone finds a USB key and they're not sure what they should do with it, make sure they give it to your uh, data protection officer or whoever's in charge of data protection in your company or organisation who can then hopefully have a quarantined machine where they can have a look and see what might be on it. A quarantine machine being a, a PC or a Mac that is not in any way attached to the network or attached to the internet. Um, so just to be aware really, so if you find a USB key that you weren't expecting then treat with caution and um, in many instances probably the safest option is simply just throw it away um, securely of course but uh, do just bear that in mind 
You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. We had a discussion with one of our clients uh, last week about deleting data um, and whether if someone requests that their data is deleted, do you really need to delete it or could you encrypt it um, so it's not easily readable and could only be unencrypted with a key and therefore for most people accessing your system it would for all intensive purposes be deleted because they wouldn't be able to access it. And maybe even you know, a stage further than having that key and securing it with a key, a, a random key, which you then throw away. And therefore, theoretically, no one can access the data. Um, we had a think about this for, for a little while and came to the conclusion that it wasn't a way forward we would recommend. We would recommend that if you, if you do have a need to delete data, if someone's made a request for data to be deleted and you consider that request and you decide to action that request, you really should make sure that that data is physically deleted from any places that you hold that information. Now, we appreciate that gets difficult when you go back to backups and so you need to think about how you handle that and having a procedure in place that says, hey, if we have to restore the system from a backup and we inadvertently restore data on someone who's made a request to be forgotten, that we have a method for deleting that data uh, so that it's gone again. And the other thing, of course, is to think as well about how you delete someone from paper records. And that's one area where maybe you don't have to actually physically remove the information because an example might be a report which might have details of hundreds of people in it and one person's request to be forgotten. And in that case, obviously, you would have to find a way of just redacting that person on the physical report. But for electronic data, we would say always do delete it and don't rely on in encrypting it. And why do we say that? Well, it's because that, whilst in theory and probably in practice in, in most cases, encryption would work. The danger is, is that someone further down the line finds a way of unencrypting that file and suddenly that information which you'd undertaken to delete is back and available again, which could land you in potential hot water as far as GDPR is concerned. So I say, keep things simple. If you have a request to be forgotten or a request to be deleted and you agree to comply with that request, then make sure you do comply with that request and destroy all the data. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. I hope you found it useful. I hope you found it entertaining. Please do let me know. Let me have your feedback by sending an email to podcast.insurity.co.uk. You can find out more about us and Insurity at www.insurity.co.uk. And I look forward to speaking to you again, same time, same place, next week. Have a good week, everybody, and remember to keep your data safe. Check us out on Facebook. The GDPR Weekly Show is an Insurity production. Follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash insurity.